amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. From the birthplace of radio's greatest era, live from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Wait, who? Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. Huh? The big dog, Kevin McCullough. Who? Kevin McCullough. Uh... Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. Who? Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. What? And CEO of Extreme Media. Welcome to Saturday night. So glad to have you with us wherever you're joining us from anywhere in North America, anywhere around the globe by way of radio, by way of television, by way of digital video stream, by way of audio digital stream, uh, by way of podcast after the fact, whatever the case may be. We are glad that you're here. Kevin McCullough, my name, Radio Night Live, the original, the OG uh, here on Saturday night, and for the next couple of hours, we've got a lot of fun planned for you. In fact, we've got a huge show. Uh, and Nick, if we can, let's go to the big board just for a second, because I want to make sure we uh, let everyone know all the things that are coming up. Uh, Joe Concha's got a new book out. Come on, man. <laughs> and uh, Joe's going to be with us to talk about um, his uh, new bestseller. Uh, we've also got uh, a, a very uh, pleasant uh, discussion about something you haven't given a lot of thought to, but something that a lot of people around the world have said they would like to have more of, which is honest reporting about faith in people's lives. So Aaron Sherinian is going to be with us uh, before the uh, first hour is out. And uh, when we get uh, kick-started here in the next little bit, uh, my buddy Larry O'Connor who is starting his brand new O'Connor Tonight uh, run with the Salem News Channel. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about all the good things that that uh, includes. And we'll kick uh, all around uh, the big headlines uh, uh, in and amongst all these stories as well uh, throughout the night. So I hope you'll stay with us. Then in the music spotlight, the new music spotlight tonight, on the new music spotlight stage, the one, the only, Lainey Wilson. My bride thinks she sounds like Dolly Parton, a very young Dolly Parton. I kind of, kind of agree with her. But there's something kind of catchy about Laney's tunes, and uh, we've got a couple of great ones for you tonight. Also, uh, in hour number two, Rachel McCubbin, maybe one of the nicest people I've run across in the last 25 years, uh, was just with me as I was filling in on the Will Cow Show this last week. Uh, and I wanted to bring her to the ladies' lounge because of all the good things that she has to say. We'll also check in with our old friend, Lisa De Pasquale. She ran CPAC for years. Now she runs the Bright Email. What's going on there? And what about the Supreme Court cases that are handling voting rights? Uh, the session, the court is in session, believe it or not. They're back at the job. Uh, so they're going to be uh, busy this fall, as you can uh, tell. And then the lady that would like to be the lieutenant governor of the state of New York. She is the running mate for Congressman Lee Zeldin. 
uh, in the state of New York, and they are crisscrossing uh, New York every single day, talking to as many voters as they can. Allison Esposito is her name, and she's going to be with us uh, in the Ladies' Lounge as well, and then more music from uh, Lainey before we're all done. Now, having said all of that, Allie Stuckey had an awesome uh, take on a picture this week. Did you see President Biden go to Florida and, uh, you know, he had to shake hands with Governor DeSantis and he was down there to pronounce the official pronunciations of what the federal government does when there's a natural disaster. But there was this really cool shot of Biden standing in the background with his, you know, all too cool sunglasses on, kind of looking lost. And uh, Ron DeSantis is actually at the podium that bears the presidential seal because the seal has to be up anywhere where the president speaks. But it's just the coolest thing to think Joe Biden's in the background, Ron DeSantis is there at the presidential podium, and Ali Beth Stuckey said something along the lines of, uh, the longer you let this picture sink in, the better it gets, or something along those lines. And it, it is comforting to think that there are some really talented leaders out there that could take our nation into a different direction in the days to come. Because personally, as Donald Trump Jr. put on Instagram this morning, I'm really tired of waking up to highlights like this one. Let me start off with two words. Two Made words. Made in America. Made in America. Made in America. Made in America. That's actually six words. But even if you took it as just half of what he said, made in America is three words. So the president of the United States, uh, counting, math, English, none of it really his thing. So... That's it. And you know, my the, the other thing coming out of Florida with, with the president down there this week was he turned and said to that Floridian just out of the blue. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Don't bleep with a Biden. No one bleeps with a Biden. And I'm saying bleep where he put another word that begins with the letter F in it. Rhymes with duck. Um, but no one ducks a Biden is what he said. And I thought, you know, that's kind of big and, and bold of him to assume because I know that there's a desire to, you know, portray yourself well and to see yourself well and to think, you know, you're a tough guy. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that there have been all kinds of people ducking with Biden um, in, in recent years. So I thought it's the perfect time to renew our wonderful game show, No One Ducks with a Biden. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that Whoops. he does not have three degrees from college, 
and that Whoops. he was not named outstanding political science student Whoops. in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended uh -oh. up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe huh? Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Secur Syracuse huh. Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Memory. No one. Yeah, no one ducks with the Biden. Unless maybe it's his own racism. Do you remember when he said, I mean, you got this first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice looking guy. I think the stairs have messed with him a little bit. Remember the, remember the stairs? Couldn't quite get, whoops, uh, yep, having trouble there. Uh, wipe himself off and just keep going. And uh, did he make it? Did he make it? Did he make it? Oh, the stairs didn't keep him down long. And there's a weird salute that no one received. Ah, yes, the laptops. Laptops never duck with a Biden. Never. Uh, the, the New York Post, maybe. Uh, or what about his daughter's diary, where she wrote in there, at a young age, showers with my dad probably not appropriate that that diary but i also believe uh, yes, and it's his own vp and i was actually very forget her. to hear you talk about the reputations of two united states senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country no one about gravity and bicycles. I think those things have ducked with him a little bit. Whoa. Or maps. I forgot about the maps. Yes. All right. No one ducks with him. Oh, except for the ghosts. He keeps trying to shake hands with nobody. And he doesn't seem to understand that they're not... Where, where, where'd they go? And, and sometimes just needing to get off stage. No one... Let me start off with two words. Yep. Made two words. in America. Two words. Made in America. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No one ducks with a Biden. No one. Just some very interesting elements of life that sometimes get him. Uh, be it um, gravity on the bicycle or his own vice president. <laughs> in all seriousness, who says stuff like that? to voters that you're going down to see to try to help. I know you're trying to project yourself as some sort of good old boy and uh, I can drop a swear and tell people I'm tough and no one's going to mess with me. Wouldn't it just be better if you just stood there and listened? Heard from the people that were dealing with the actual crisis what was going on and then deciding you can do something about it given your unique position and your Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers 
Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Incredibly powerful position at this point in time. I think that's all that that, that fella from Florida needed. He didn't, he didn't need to be told that no one messes with a Biden. Uh, what was he even talking about the hurricane was was he trying to imply that the hurricane doesn't mess with him well the hurricane ripped up florida pretty good anyway uh lesson tonight kids humility goes a long way because there's always videotape now <laughs> anyway no one ducks with a biden coming to a theater near you very fun very fun uh, more more installments of that game show ahead i'm sure Hey, listen, we've got a big show for you tonight. I hope you keep it right here. Uh, coming up next, we talk to Larry O'Connor about his brand new venture in television on the Salem News Channel. Uh, O'Connor tonight viewed 9 p.m. weeknights on SNC. Kevin McCullough, glad you're here. Coming right back. From New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, I am so excited to have my next guest uh, back with us because I don't think he's been here since um, he wrote a book or something a hundred years ago. <laughs> I think that was the last <laughs> time. Literally, Larry O'Connor was on Kevin McCullough Radio. But um, if you're in the world of talk radio, um, it's a very small family, and uh, we usually get together at the Talkers Convention, and everybody in the room knows everybody else. And I've known of Larry's great work. Uh, weren't you at Breitbart before you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm. It, you've you've led a very distinguished uh, life in conservative media. And uh, Larry O'Connor, who is the morning host, uh, O'Connor and Company at WMAL in Washington D.C., which is a legendary uh, news talker in the in the country, uh, joins us here. Larry, congratulations uh, on all of the good things that have been happening for you. But most yeah. importantly. Uh, this week, you launch a brand new work called O'Connor Tonight. Tell my people all about it. Yeah, 9 p.m. primetime on Salem News Channel. It's uh, it's thrilling. It's uh, Everything's been happening so fast when we uh, put this thing together, and we're uh, starting a brand new primetime news analysis show from scratch. And uh, we're based here in Washington, D.C. As you mentioned, I'm on uh, WMAL here in D.C., so I've been doing radio here for 10 years now, mostly for morning drive, but I did afternoon drive for about four years as well. So um, as you can imagine, you know, it's just the nature of the beast, Kevin, you know, you're plugged into everything that's going on here yep. in town. And uh, it just seemed like a natural as they were assembling the primetime lineup for Salem News Channel. Uh, once the the daytime national syndicated shows, you know, uh, uh, Gallagher and, and Gorka and Prager and Hewitt are done. Um, they approached me because I've been working with Town Hall uh, and before Town Hall Hot Air, both uh, properties of Town Hall Media, which is part of the Salem family. Yep. And they asked me to uh, assemble a show that would focus on what's going on in DC and also uh, utilize a lot of the Town Hall talent working right here uh, in our offices. So we're, we're really excited. We can't well, I believe uh, firmly that uh, the, the voices at Town Hall are still some of the most needed in the discussion. And yet it kind of I don't know, just I guess maybe because the platform that Salem has isn't kind of the equivalent of a Fox or a CNN, it just hasn't been able to, to punch through on some of those levels just yet. 
but certainly with the changes that Salem is bringing about between our podcast network, now our streaming news channel, which is OTT and friends, if you don't know what that is, it, it, that you can get it on your Roku, your Apple TV, basically yeah. any wireless device that can download apps to your phones, your iPads, uh, whatever you may use for that type of uh, situation. And Larry, by the way, we're not the only one that's doing it. I mean, when you look at all of the of, of the ones that are out there between Real America's Voice and Newswire and all, this has really become a very crowded space very quickly in terms of the uh, the expansion of news and information that is really designed to give people what they are, you know, expressly looking for. And Phil Boyce yeah. has very smartly uh, dubbed our network the antidote to the mainstream media. Yeah, and, and I think that consumers are hungry for this right now, uh, Kevin. I think that they're, they, they can't get enough content and information. And uh, th these are harrowing times, let's face yeah. it. They're, um, they're interested in uh, how we can get out of the mess that we're in right now. And they rightly don't trust what they're seeing from some of the major corporations who are delivering news and information on cable stations and broadcast stations. You mentioned... Breitbart, to, to, I mean, to be specific, uh, if it matters to anyone, I was actually working with Mr. Breitbart himself, with right. Andrew. He's the one who hired me. He's the one who brought me into this world. I used to work on uh, Broadway musicals and Broadway <laughs> shows, uh, but I was a conservative in the entertainment business, and Andrew collected people in the entertainment business who were also conservative, and I started writing for Big Hollywood, uh, his very first website in 2009. I yeah. think I met you at a CPAC in 2010, I want to say. Was that where we had Mary the Lounge? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. It, in the lounge upstairs. Baldwin exactly. and I had that, uh, that That's right. media lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was a lot right. of fun. In fact, and, and I was part of that whole Breitbart menagerie of personalities and people. And uh, he, he had me writing for big journalism um, after my first year. Big journalism was basically analyzing the media from a conservative perspective. And Correct. I'll never forget most important day of my life, I went to him and I said, Andrew, he goes, what are you writing today? He said, Andrew, I can't find a good media story. And he pulled me into his office and he sat me down and he said, I'm going to tell you this once. Every story is a media story. Yeah. You just, you just need to look at every story and recognize every story is a media story. And as soon as you, you get it, you'll get it. And of course, this is the man who worked with Matt Drudge as his editor back in the Drudge Report days when it was, you know, incredibly effective and important. And, and something clicked and it's like, oh my God, that's right. Every single story is a media story and people don't trust the media anymore, obviously. And so that's left a lane open for for opportunities like this. And yeah. uh, we are gonna seize on that opportunity. Well, and as well we should, because when you have the platform that Salem has had in radio, which has uh, been you know, kind of a gift yeah. in many ways to, to impact so much, and to recognize that while radio is not going anywhere, uh, the digital domain is really the frontier that is that is yet to see what really any boundaries look like. Yeah. Uh, and if people are going to be there, they're going to need what they can, what what they're looking for to be accessible to them as well. If you're just joining us, friends, uh, Larry O'Connor, uh, Morning Man at WMAL in uh, Washington D.C. and the creative director for Townhall.com, place that publishes me. In full disclosure, uh, he will be uh, hosting O'Connor tonight. Uh, every uh, weeknight, Monday through Friday, and then at 9 p.m. and then at 9 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, you get Radio Night Live with KMC. So we're we, we're the this 9 p.m. Bros, man. That's you right. We're the nine o'clock guys. We should and have our own locals page now. <laughs> Maybe right. an OnlyFans fan. I don't know. <laughs> that's, I, let's let's ease up on that a bit. Hey, give um, the people what they want, Kevin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that ain't for that for me. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you. Speaking of what we want, um, I. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is going to be a terrible segue. But do we want a president who's calling dead people to the stage in the middle of uh, their uh, junket on uh, nutrition, health, and it's hunger? A, it's a little disturbing, but I, I'm, I, I, my mind is rested uh, at ease now because Karine Jean-Pierre assures me it was just because he, she was top of mind, Kevin. Yeah. She was top he of mind. He thinks about yeah. her all the time. Yeah, he's, Jack, he's still Jackie there. Jackie Walarski, she died two months ago, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, I recognize that you can, you know, oh, geez, we're doing this in dedication of her. This was a... Uh, 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 anti-hunger bill or uh, policy that they're trying to push forth. And she really was one of the good ones, Walarski. She was a great congresswoman. She did a ton for hunger. She did a ton for veterans on the on the Veterans Services Committee. And here she, he, the, Biden was literally saying, is Jackie here? Where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? And uh, I wrote about this last week at Town Hall. Something miraculous happened in that press briefing. It's the first time it's happened in the Biden administration where not only was there a question asked about this by somebody other than Peter Ducey, but there was a follow-up. And then it was one of those, you know, the, the tag teams that we saw literally every day during the Trump administration. But every reporter said, no, we're not buying it. This, there's something seriously wrong here. Right. And, uh, and we need to see more of that. Now, there's a whole lot of other stories they could be, you know, getting exercised about that go beyond just Joe Biden thinking that he sees a dead woman in the audience. We can start with the Hunter Biden laptop. We can start with the, uh, uh, the Afghanistan pullout. We can go to how about the origins of COVID and how uh, Fauci screwed up the response under Biden. Uh, we can go on and on, but it's good to see a little bit from the media, I guess, just a little. Well, I think that this is a real sign that the left wants someone else to be the nominee in 24 because yeah. you are starting. I mean, the New York Times has written fairly critical um, editorials of recent, and you're starting to see some of this pushback in ways you haven't before. And there ain't anybody on planet Earth that thinks his number two is suitable to replace him. So uh, they're they're going to be looking for a whole new band to play with, so to speak, uh, when that goes around. At least that's what I, I think. But I don't know if you can tell Joe Biden that he can't run. Like, I, I honestly don't know what you can tell him at this point. Larry O'Connor, well, I mean, we'll be uh, watching and uh, we'll have you back here soon as well. Thanks for being so, here. And we'll have you likewise. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Great Kevin McKellar coming right back. Don't go away. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you back. Uh, you know, we cover on this broadcast regularly uh, the problems with and about the media in different ways, um, whether it be biased coverage of domestic policy or foreign policy. Uh, we have noted uh, that even in some of the uh, more uh, important areas where people should have uh, legitimate news coverage, uh, to its best of its ability, like the White House press room. Uh, even then, sometimes it has fallen short in recent days. And as a uh, journalism major myself, this is very disappointing uh, to watch happen to the news industry. But there's one specific area of coverage that it has uh, come to my attention that uh, more audiences are requesting 
better coverage of and more coverage of uh, than they are presently getting. And it does not seem as though anyone is interested in helping them with that. Uh, that is perhaps one of the reasons why the Faith and Media Initiative was formed and commissioned a poll to be done of some 9,000 subjects globally to ask them about the quality of coverage they're getting as it pertains to faith and religion. And here to discuss uh, is the Senior Vice President of Global Reach for Deseret Management Corporation, Aaron Sherinian. Aaron, thank you for being with us. Kevin, it's great to be with you, and thanks for bringing this topic to the forefront. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit out of the, the um, uh, the box on the some of this stuff. I actually talk about people globally that get persecuted for their faith uh, in different regions of the of the world on a regular basis. But what was the motivation to conduct this particular survey? A, a group of people, and they, these are journalists, these are academicians, these are just people who are interested in society. These are our media folks and those who understand and care about media's role. We realized that even though we show up as people of faith, 82% of people around the world say that they're part of a faith group or spiritual or where God-centered spirituality is important to them. So even though we show up in faith in our lives and in society, faith isn't showing up in our newsfeed. So there's a disconnect and everyone's worried about polarization and everyone's worried about mistrust. And yet here's an area where something that matters to us isn't being discussed. And you know that if you don't discuss something, you're not good at talking about it in right. your in your dining room tables or in your boardrooms or wherever you are. So so we thought it was time to get some data around it instead of just assumptions. Let's actually get some numbers and find out what people want and what they're seeing. So let me ask you this. Um, what What is the consensus, um, before you tell us what the survey found, what's the consensus among those academicians and journalists as to why uh, there is such a lack in this uh, arena. And I can, I, I've seen the firsthand operations of CNN and Fox and MSNBC here in New York. I, I know how their newsrooms operate. And I think e each of them may have one person uh, in terms of their entire network that is kind of designated as the religion correspondent. But um, if you're talking about 81%, 82% of people globally that identify on some level, it seems like there would be more than that on at some point in time. Well, isn't it interesting if we're just talking about a market opportunity, and that's not the purpose for the study, but if you're just looking at those numbers, this is something that matters to people, so you wouldn't want to cover it. Now, journalists told us that newsroom economics is part of this, right? The expertise is, is shrinking and, and the resources for it are shrinking. So great organizations are doing work on training. There's beautiful programs out there, some of them going on right now as we speak, about how to train journalists so that they are more comfortable and, and that they can do this work. But journalists told us anecdotally in these interviews, they told the Harris X uh, researchers that there's a real fear of getting it wrong. And in their newsrooms themselves, there's an environment sometimes where you can talk about anything. Journalists take on the, the toughest of topics, but sometimes it's not a place where you can talk about your own belief system or your own faith system. Now, now, of course, newsrooms are very different. But it's, it's great that they talked about that and that they said they'd like for there to be diversity in the newsroom. People are writing about this topic. There's good research on it. But more awareness will create for more uh, more caring and more collaboration in the newsroom about this topic itself. I'm just curious, and I'm speculating here a little bit um, as a person of deep faith myself. I, I am curious if there is a, a hesitancy on some level because some of the most popular, I don't know, uh, 
kind of cultural issues that are bubbling up to the surface right now seem to at times um, contradict or go against um, many of the major faith systems uh, on planet Earth. And I'm just curious if there is a perhaps secularization of the, the journalist uh, newsroom experience that just doesn't want to have that conflict uh, at work. Well, one of the things that people told us in, in this study was that 78% of people said that stereotypes about religion should get the same attention that gender or racial stereotypes are getting in, in, in the conversation and coverage right now. All right, Aaron Sherinian, we appreciate uh, what you're doing. Thanks for spending some time with us and helping us understand a little bit better. It's great to be with you. Thanks, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Radio Night Live. Once again, Kevin McCullough. So glad to have you with us. And uh, it's, you know, interesting times we live in because as my next guest wrote about in The Hill recently, you would think that with, you know, a major hurricane and major uh, trouble on so many different fronts in the country that people would be in a spirit to kind of pull together. You'd, you'd think that there'd be some sort of benefit to saying, <laughs> We're Americans. Let's try to help each other out. No, that's not that's not what the left wants to do at all. Joe Concha <laughs> is the author of the brand new book. Come on, man. The truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency. And I think he's being kind. Joe, good to have you back at Kevin McCullough Radio. Hey, Kevin. I guess I wasn't very subtle with that title. Huh? <laughs> well, I just think you were trying to soft pedal it is all. Um, let, let's talk about for a second uh, the issue that I just brought up, and that is this tone that is more tribalized and really more dangerous to the overall welfare for Americans in general than we've seen any in the in the modern era. 
You mean comparing 74 million voters to semi-fascists, which I didn't know there was a Diet Coke of fascism. Like, I'm not going to go all out and call you a fascist, but you're kind of like a semi-fascist. It's like kind of getting a girl pregnant. Like, dude, just go all the way with it or don't don't say it at all. So, yeah, it, it, we were promised that the current president, when he was coming in, he was going to be two things. He was going to be a moderate and he was going to unify the country. Well, right. we see what moderate looks like, right? Like, hey, how do we lower inflation? Let's spend trillions more and call it the Inflation Reduction Act, and and which no kid with has ever run a lemonade stand will tell you that if you spend more money, that will lower inflation. But that's what this president has done. That's what this Democratic Party has done in controlling the Congress and Senate. And you see what happens also with crime, right? I, I don't hear Joe Biden once, Kevin, ever talk about cashless bail laws and how they're a horrible idea. I live in New York. Trust me, things aren't going well here right now when the same criminals are committing crimes over and over again. And then the border, which I know you talk about a lot, where you have 4 million people coming into this country in this president's first two years alone and all the fentanyl that's coming along with it that's killing 300 Americans per day on average in overdoses. I, I try to look for something that this president has done well, and I look at it objectively. I voted for Bill Clinton but when, when he ran in 96. That was the first time I could vote. So it's not like I'm some sort of like complete ideologue that's going to go after Biden no matter what. I don't see one thing that's been successful so far about this presidency. Yeah. Well, I, you write that way in The Hill. You're very fair in your uh, comparisons. And um, you you recently wrote about the effect of the hurricane and what people would like to do to, to Ron DeSantis because of all of it. And I don't know yeah. if Trump's going to run or not run. I know that uh, we would be well served by someone who championed Trump's policies and did a very effective job of governing. And from yeah. what I've been able to observe, it seems that Ron DeSantis kind of gets that and does that. Um, but it's certainly up to the former president if he wants to run again in 2024. But nonetheless, the left's certainly scared of him. Absolutely. And, and I even think if DeSantis were to run and Trump were to run, based on my own little internal polling, and I do this just in social situations with people that I, I know uh, are strong supporters of Trump, and I say, but if you're given the opportunity, who do you take, DeSantis or Trump? And I'd say about, I don't have this written down, but eight out of 10 will kind of, well, I'll say this, five out of 10 will look over their shoulders as if they're saying something that is complete sacrilege. And they'll whisper it almost like, I love Trump but I think I want DeSantis now. Hmm. And and it just seems like more and more people are making that pivot, not because they don't like Trump, but they just see all of the baggage that comes along with them. Some of that baggage completely unfair, right? And we saw that with Russia collusion, totally. yep. the two impeachments that were you know ridiculous. Uh, obviously with, with this raid with Mar-a-Lago, that remains to be seen what exactly what was happening there. But if you want an issues-based election, I would love to see DeSantis versus Newsom. Yep. And if you want to compare California to Florida and who's running which state better, let's have that argument without going into personalities and tweets and so on, because I have a feeling uh, many people would rather live in Florida right now with no income tax uh, rate as opposed to California, which has the highest of 13.3%, just as an example. I don't know that anybody's going to talk Joe Biden out of not running. So it's I think you're you're. We, you might have to postpone that matchup, but I, you're about the sixth <laughs> person that has that has said, I want popcorn in a front row seat for that one. Uh, and yeah. I, I, you can't blame them. Uh, the, the management styles are, are completely opposite, and it's a referendum on exactly what America wants to be. The sad part is nothing about what California aims to be anymore is what America has ever wanted to be. So I don't know. I don't even know why he thinks he's, he's got a shot at even convincing people in places like New York and New Jersey that still want, they you know, they may want, um, you know, big government programs and the rest, but they're not leaving the Joint Terrorism Task Force. They, they don't want MS-13 crawling their streets. 
Uh, and yeah, even right. Mayor Adams got a little upset when Joe Biden's uh, <laughs> planes landed and he was dealing with migrants before Greg Abbott's buses got there. So, I mean, there's, right. there's, there's at least a thread sometimes of common sense in places outside of California. In California, they've just, they've gone all in and it's, it, it would be a referendum on the most progressive Marxist ideology versus the most true American ideology that you could find. It'd be an interesting race for sure. Let me ask you about imagine, the book. Kev, if, I, if I could just add real quick. Go ahead. Where is the biggest exodus happening from right now in terms of states? It's New York and California. Yep. <laughs> there are reasons for that. And, and crime is the primary driver and the fact that taxes. It's, so now, basically, in, in New York's case, for example, it's a much more expensive city to live in. It always was expensive. And it's a far less safe city to live in. And then you could say that about California in terms of San Francisco, where they just recalled the DA, you know, in the most blue of blue cities. Even they've had enough of that. Uh, I, I think not even the in DA, New Jersey, also the school that? board, they got the school board re, uh, thrown out there, too. I mean, that's right. Things you do not expect to happen in San Francisco. Exactly. And then even in my home state of New Jersey, I mean, Jack Chitterelli came within a whisper uh, of, of beating uh, our, our current horrible governor uh, and Phil Murphy. And yeah. that was with no national backing. Like no, no people yep. ignored that race completely. So I think people are getting it even in the blue states that I, particularly with crime. This is not acceptable. And now they're leaving in record numbers for places like Texas and Florida. Go yeah. figure. I was working uh, that election night and was at the Chitterelli headquarters um, late into the evening. And, you know, there's still some goofy stuff that happened in Bergen County that closely mirrored some of the goofy stuff that uh, happened. I know we're neighbors, uh, but right. some, some of that stuff looked awful lot like what happened in 2020. I'm just saying, stop counting in the middle of the night and found new boxes of ballots coming in some places anyway. Hey, real quickly. Uh, come on, man. What, why, sh why should people uh, get a book that obviously, by according to the cover, describes perfectly what they're living through right now? Uh, but for the connection that maybe the title doesn't give, uh, Kevin, so a lot a lot of the chapters, uh, particularly as you go later into the book, really lay out how the media, and you know that's primarily my sweet spot, yep. got this man elected by, by hook or by crook. It hey, uh, Joe, congrats on the book. Come on, man, the truth about Joe Biden's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad presidency by Joe Concha. You see him on Fox News. He does a great job, also in the Hill. Callum uh, McCullough coming right back. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the Music Spotlight stage, the one and only Lainey Wilson. I got turned around to some little town I'd never been to before. Working my way through the middle of June, midnight thunderstorm. There was something in the headlights that stopped me. She was scared to death, 
So I said climb in and then she climbed With a tear in her bloodstained shirt She didn't tell the whole truth But she didn't have to I knew what had happened to her I didn't load her down with questions That girl had been through enough I just threw it in drive Looked in those eyes And asked her where he was I don't know if he's an angel Cause angels don't do Helping to find a man behind all the whiskey scars I hid. I never thought my day of justice would come from a judge under a seat. But I knew right then I'd never get hit again when he said to me, Wait in the truck. Just wait in the truck. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, 
where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. From the birthplace of radio's greatest era, live from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Wait, who? Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. Huh? The big dog, Kevin McCullough. Who? Kevin McCullough. Uh, no, who? Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. Who? who? Kevin McCullough? Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. What? And CEO of Extreme Media. Oh. All right, so glad to have you with us for our number two. We have got a uh, great ladies' lounge ahead for you tonight. Three very special ladies, uh, and I want you to be here. Rachel McCubbin, in fact, um, all three of these new or very, very long time since they've been in the ladies' lounge. Rachel McCubbin, brand new voice uh, to the ladies' lounge tonight. I just met her filling in for the Wilkow show last week on the uh, Salem News Channel. And uh, she's all about uh, term limits, and she's a great, great person. Um, But she's got some hidden talents that uh, I didn't know about when I interviewed her uh, on Andrew's show. Uh, She's a former actress, uh, and she's been a longtime uh, pro-life activist. And uh, she's very, very keen on how women are going to impact the elections in just 30 days. So we're... Uh, looking forward to the discussion with Rachel tonight. That should be a lot of fun. Lisa De Pasquale is the uh, originator of the Bright Email. You've heard me interview Kelsey Bowler and uh, others that have contributed to that uh, fine publication for a long time. It's undergone some changes. She'll kind of explain all that for us tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about some uh, Supreme Court cases that are already uh, up and running. The, yeah, the court's back in session, believe it or not. And then she would like to be the lieutenant governor for the state of new york she is the running mate for congressman lee esposito uh, lee zeldin as he is running for governor to replace kathy hochel uh allison esposito is her name and she gave up her job on the nypd and her father's a former chief of the nypd uh to make this run with lee and she's going to talk to us about just why uh this election is so crucial. It's not just in New York, in New York State, New York City. We're talking about every state across the country. Crime is taking a toll like you would not believe, and it's just going to be uh, a very important. And I, I look forward to having a great visit with Allison tonight. I've not uh, interviewed her before, so this will be the first time we've had a chance to uh, get together. Uh, it is also October, and that means that we have a brand new opportunity between now and the end of the year. Uh, sometimes I don a Christmas hat at this point in the year and uh, give you a little Santa ho, ho, ho 
Uh, but this year we are going to do hopefully what we've done in the past and maybe a little bit more when it comes to helping women who have no other resources, women who have no other chances, who have lost everything, uh, including their dignity, um, their sexual privacy, uh, their religion, uh, their self-determination, and, they, and they've lost those things because they've had them stripped from them. I'm talking about the female slaves that are in northern Sudan, that are South Sudanese uh, in, in origin. And I can't help but think about a young girl named Alec. And I just want you to, to, to try to picture in your head what this must be like. Uh, Alec was very, very small when Islamic raiders from northern Sudan came to her section of the country. And back then it was only one country. And she and her mom tried to run away. Uh, the Islamic terrorists basically... Um, caught up to her and her mom uh, kidnapped them and forced them to start walking back with them to the north of Sudan which is now a separate country northern Sudan um, on foot for days when when they, when they finally got to the area where the slave masters were taking them they cut them loose and gave them to a different slave master and this slave master uh, did incredibly heinous things uh, he was he was cruel to the mom he would beat her he forced both of them to undergo the mutilation of their own genitals uh, under a thing called Islamic circumcision uh, and evidently if you if you wish to be a um, a good Muslim woman which they were told that's the only way their lives would be saved uh, you have to literally cut out the one spot in your body that, that gives you any pleasure during the sexual experience and th this has happened to thousands of women uh, over the years uh, that are enslaved by Muslim captors and in this process um, they they forced both she and her mom to have this uh, happen and then they they took her mom away they they gave her mom to another slave master by this time, she has been uh, the sexual slave of four or five different masters. And then as Alec began to grow old enough to perform sexual activity, um, she was continually raped by the original slave master's three sons. In fact, the, the oldest son had three children with Alec um, in, the, in the time period of her captivity. And of course, when the children were old enough to be weaned from their mom, uh, she never saw them again. They were taken away from her. Um, this is the life that she lived for every year that she was in captivity in northern Sudan. But just a year ago, she was doing her job and a slave retriever from Christian Solidarity International came across where she was and began to ask her, you're, you're, you're Dinka, your, your lineage is Dinka, you're from the south. How is it that you are here? And she was at first scared to speak to the, uh, to the retriever, but she eventually opened up and told her story. And as he learned that she was actually a slave that had been kidnapped during the Civil War, he said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna help you. And some of you watching or listening tonight 
uh, last year gave a gift that allowed Alec not to just become free as uh, still a young woman, but you gave her everything she needed to start her life over again. So you, so one, one of my listeners gave a $250 gift. That allowed the negotiation between uh, the retriever and the slave master to take place. And the slave master said, well, what am I going to get if I give you her freedom? And the slave masters, unlike, uh, I mean, it's very common in that area. Uh, they, they have cattle that suffer through the very intense uh, climate. And the, 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 the slave retriever had medicine. It's a vaccine of sorts called Novidium. It helps the, the, the cattle survive the, uh, the bad portions of the incredible heat. And so for a $50 vaccine for his cattle, he gave Alec her freedom and she went with the retriever. Uh, he, he freed a number of slaves on that trip and they walked back to South Sudan on foot. Uh, when they got to South Sudan and she was really very tenuous about understanding what was going on, of course she would be. She had no idea that any of this was gonna actually be what it was because she spent her entire life being abused. She gets to the border of South Sudan and they have this uh, recovery camp that Christian Solidarity International runs. And she was able to uh, receive medical attention for some medical problems that she had endured. She was able to talk to counselors. She was able to rediscover her given birth name, uh, be retold of the town she came from, all a bunch of stuff that just filled in blanks for her. And then she told her story to CSI personnel so they could write it down for her so that she would have a, a written copy of what of what her story was, who she was, where she came from. Um, and after she had spent several days, um, if not more than a week in that camp, uh, they gathered the rest of what your gift, your $250 gift gave her, which was a year's worth of sorghum grain, which she had learned how to grind and use very proficiently as a slave. They gave her seed for another full season of it so she could plant enough to have food the following year. They gave her um, clothing articles, a Bible, because she came from a Christian background. They gave her utensils for gardening, for fishing, for eating. Uh, they gave her tarps to help protect from the weather. And they, they put all of this in what's called the quote unquote bag of hope. Now that's way more than what a bag will hold. But in addition to all of that, she got a little she goat as well. And that she goat is hers for life. All of it is, is for hers for life. And she can um, produce milk and cheese, uh, do a microcosm industry for other things that will uh, bring revenue and money to her, uh, to her life. Um, and she is praying and she is hoping that she will someday be able to see her three children be freed and returned to her as well. But friends, tonight we kick off and we, we started the year with 192 slaves on our list. We are down to 77 that we still need yet to free before the end of the year. And what better Christmas gift could you give these Christian women than to call right now, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010, and give a gift of $250 and liberate one of these women for life. They are freed forever when that gift is given through Christian Solidarity International. You can also go to bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org or 888-342-1010. Please, let's kick this uh, uh, effort off with a bang. 888-342-1010.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Welcome back to Radio Night Live. If you have been listening to this broadcast for any length of time, you know that in the second hour every week for the last nine years, we have dedicated to um, highlighting female voices, um, specifically because, uh, and I say this a lot, people get tired of me saying it, but it doesn't make it any less true, um, that talk radio tends to be a vehicle managed by, programmed by, hosted by, and listened to primarily male um, people. Uh, and I just think that we're missing half the conversation. So I welcome women of all expertise uh, to this uh, to this hour and this microphone for very excellent conversations about the things that they are good at. And last week on the Salem News Channel, I was filling in for my friend Andrew Wilkow on his broadcast, and I had the chance to meet my next guest, uh, Rachel McCubbin, who is a longtime politico in kind of conservative circles in the uh, Kentucky state uh, arena. She was a, an, a, an assistant uh, state director uh, for uh, Rand Paul, uh, but has been involved uh, for a number of years. And I found out this week that she has a bit of acting in her past as well. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel, it's good to see you again. Just a few days ago, we were on the other show, but thanks for being on my show. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to see you again. Uh, when we talk about um, the role of women, and w there's a lot that can be said about this election cycle in particular, about how women are being uh, marketed to, how they're being campaigned to, uh, how they are being reached, um, I think that maybe more than any election of, of my memory, we're going to see two different philosophies kind of play out here, where you have the uh, kind of hard left going after the, the single-minded a uh, woman that's very pro-choice and very much mm -hmm. trying to scare her into thinking that she's going to have, you know, some man trying to control her body. I mean, Stacey Abrams said as much just a couple of weeks ago uh, about there not being such a thing as a heartbeat in a baby that's six right. weeks old. But I think it's also important to note that the, the pro-life movement's never been 
more vibrant and, uh, you know, committed. And nearly every pro-life group uh, in the country is headed by a woman. So there's this great debate post-Dobbs of who's going to do the better job of reaching women where they are and what issues are going to matter to them. And Rachel, I'm just curious, as someone who's been involved in politics to the level that you have and a little bit in the uh, you know, the, the media and acting side, what is your sense of where we're at uh, this go around, at least from what you're seeing and people you're talking to? I think you can measure progress with women's engagement in many different ways. Uh, there have been some wonderful female candidates at every level. Um, I'm connected with some local races in uh, my community and just really proud to see that from, you know, city council right on up the ladder that we have women engaged. And often um, one issue will bring a woman into the arena, but that's true, I guess, with anyone. Something gets your attention and you decide you, you think you can make a difference there. And so you, you make that big plunge into being a candidate. Uh, but the pro-life issue is one that has brought many people into politics. And I would consider myself one of those people. That was sort of the first awakening that I had with regard to the impact of public policy on real life and then it just uh, it just blossomed from there and i think we would welcome uh, women and men who look at the pro-life issue as, as you know maybe their principal issue and then um, see them blossom in other areas of public policy interest once they find that they have a voice uh, in their community well i find it somewhat hypocritical by the left uh, to constantly feel like they have to scare women into supporting them. And I think one of the things that the reaction post the Dobbs decision that may have surprised a lot of people, it didn't really surprise me as much, was how actual little reaction there was uh, to that uh, decision by everyday women. Now you've got activists that are out there ginning up anger and trying to create a stir on many levels and continuing to, by the way, say some things that are scientifically untrue. The Stacey Abrams incident was actually very fortuitous because it, it was kind of like a little peek into how how they approach that issue, that they literally have to lie to women to try to convince them that men are going to try to take control of their bodies. And the idea that, first of all, all women are kind of monolithic and pro-abortion in their viewpoint is, is one thing. But when you talk about stages of life and women that have had children or tried to have children and they you go through kind of the whole spectrum of what life is for a woman it seems to me that the Dobbs decision has not had nearly the backfire that I think the activists really want it to have except that the um, pro-choice fundraising effort has been pretty substantial during this period Kentucky has a uh, constitutional amendment on the ballot this year it's uh, the the second uh, ballot choice this year in Kentucky to basically say that there is no hidden right to an abortion in Kentucky's constitution. We're calling it vote yes for life, but uh, there's a ton of money coming into the state to defeat that initiative. And I think that obviously the Supreme Court decision has driven a lot of that fundraising success. Um, I'm still uh, hopeful that that uh, ballot initiative will pass. Yeah, Kentucky. no, I think that you're not the only state trying to do that. Um, and we saw what the big money did in Kansas, which is a pro-life state, but that influence and kind of a depressed turnout. 
made that happen. Let me ask you, uh, speaking of a depressed turnout, what is your sense that inflation and crime and all the other things that uh, people are dealing with, but particularly women, uh, are, are going to be at the actual motivators that get people to the polls? I think inflation will be the big driver this fall. Um, I just went to the grocery store this morning and uh, every time I go, I'm thankful that I'm at a stage of my life where I'm not having to worry about buying enough food to feed three or four children, but I do worry about young families uh, trying to put gas in a vehicle and pay for groceries that are just going up and up and up. I mean, it's just almost like monopoly money when you see what the register comes up when you when you uh, check yourself out. Of course, no one checks you out anymore. You've got to do everything yourself right. and still pay more for you the groceries. You wonder how the prices right? keep going up when they keep reducing staff. I know. I know. It's crazy. Well, um, my own personal experience of that, my lovely bride does all the shopping. I'm very, you know, uh, you're spoiled, the chauvinist, you know, all the way through. But no, she goes out. But I went out to just pick up some cereal and milk in the other the other day because we were low. And I saw for the first time a gallon of milk uh, posted at $15 in the, oh. in the milk aisle. And I was like, wow, this is a different universe that we are living in now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, your your passion project these days is uh, term limits and in just a couple of minutes that we have left just give us the elevator pitch on why and why you think they're so important well if i could give you a little illustration while at the grocery store today i was wearing my term limits t-shirt and while i was checking out somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said i love your t-shirt we just need more of us that feel that way and i said to him you know what there are plenty of us that feel that way. In fact, 82% of Americans believe that it's time for term limits for Congress. All right. Termlimits.com is where you go to do that. And friends, I would encourage you to do that. Um, yeah. Rachel, thanks for spending some time with us. And uh, please come back. Uh, love to have bright, informed, and uh, you know, well-spoken um, women to represent that other half of that conversation that I was talking about that I feel like we're missing out on far too much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. And now, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. One of the things you know about me is that uh, for the longest time, I have been purposefully intentional in including more female voices in talk radio than any other host that's that's out there in America. Just just a total. And I've, I've always explained it like this. Talk radio is an industry that is programmed, hosted by, uh, you know, advertised to, targeted by. It's, it's all about men, 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 men all the time. And I thought, you know what? By not having the female perspective join us on a regular basis, you're missing half the conversation. I've always felt that way. And so long before there was any Me Too or anything else uh, related to the modern uh, women's issues of the day, I was already out there championing this. That's why I, th I started a thing called the Ladies' Lounge, where I was like, okay, we're just going to hear from women in this hour each week. And my next guest has been on in several different capacities, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to have her back. Uh, she was also the one you heard Joe Concha talking earlier about. Oh, no, I think Larry O'Connor mentioned it uh, in my discussion with him about having met up with me at a CPAC when he, that was where he met me for the first time. Well, I think I met this lady for the first time through CPAC. She used to do the uh, enormous heavy lifting of booking and running that conference each year. Uh, but Lisa De Pasquale, a successful uh, author and uh, contributor and founder of The Bright Email, but now the sole publisher, writer, uh, producer of that uh, project as well, rejoins us. And if you want to get the bright email, you know I've been a fan for a long time. Getbright.substack.com. Lisa, it's so good to see you again. Thanks for being back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think the last time I saw you, I guess, was in studio in New York. Probably so. I think that was around the time that your book was out, and uh, we had a chance to converse over that. Well, in today's uh, issue of, of Bright, uh, you you take a little uh, fun at the at the VP's expense, which you know she she just keeps serving it up on a platter, so we may as well enjoy as much of it as we can. Um, I'm going to get to what she said about the relief efforts uh, for Hurricane Ian in the next segment, but I, go ahead and give me a, a, a quick reaction to your thoughts on that. Um, well, I'm actually originally from Florida, so that. You know, anything that relief would be based on anything other than need is pretty ridiculous because um, there's there's just so many other factors. Like, it would be like if a tornado went through a 100% white neighborhood that you would still rebuild the houses in a different neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's just very similar to other things that Kamala says. It's just very distracting from the real issues and also shows that they're kind of i mean it's weird to say that kamala is a book learner but i mean that she's kind of used to only dealing with this these issues no, in theory yeah um, no, you know, you're internet, exactly right. you know not yeah. in reality yep no and <laughs> and i think that what's sad is in some of this stuff and now you know the first day the equity quote was everywhere and now today the the thing that's across social media is uh she's walking past a reporter as he asks her about it and uh, she just flat out ignores him and that's being published everywhere the thing is they all think it's a game they all think mm -hmm. they're cute by you know just an inch and a half further than they are 
and they all think that this is just some sort of fun little uh, crazy little game that they're taking us all on and it's not this mm -hmm. is actual life and death this is the actual government of our united states they're actually running our national security there there are actual ramifications for their economic decisions like it matters and to mm -hmm. have these like i don't know tweedledee and dumb there and the <laughs> number one and two seats it's just it's really infuriating Moving on, let me get to another story that you covered today, the Supreme Court to hear important voting cases. What is going on? I mean, we're not in a Supreme Court session formally yet, but we, we're getting a preview of what's coming up. Yeah, so the, these aren't cases, well, they'll be starting to hear arguments, so we're not going to hear the outcome, you know, I guess unless it's leaked, right, um, for, you know, the next few months. So certainly nothing will be decided by November elections. But there's a case out of North Carolina that is basically going to the heart of a lot of the problems that we saw with 2020 and judges making pronouncements um, aside from the, the state legislature about early voting, voting in person, all of those types of things. Um, so at the very least, it could be settled by 2024 and is basically deciding or reaffirming whether or not state legislatures, you know, have this independent state legislature theory where they can you know, make the laws for that, that state. Um, and then in Alabama, there's um, a uh, redistricting or gerrymandering case, basically saying that um, in this case, the way that it was redrawn disenfranchises black voters. That one I haven't really read that much about, but you know, like I mentioned to you before, it seems like there's always some kind of um, gerrymandering case because both sides do it, you know? Um, it's been done on, 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 on both sides to the detriment and um, the favor of both sides. This is one, just one more um, reason why what you do in November of this year and in a couple of years does actually matter. Well, I've been a subscriber, a happy subscriber for years, and I think you guys do a great job, and I want people to know about it. Getbright.substack.com. Lisa, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody loves my baby, but my 
back to Radio Night Live. Once again, Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, we continue to draw closer to the elections of 2022. And while there is no presidential race on the ballot, there are a lot of important races at the top of the ticket, not the least of which in some states are governors, some states are U.S. senators, and some states are both. And in in New York State, there's this very interesting story that's uh, un- unfolding here because the uh, mainstream press is desperately trying to make everyone think that this race is a blowout and that it's completely one-sided and there's no way that the Republican can possibly break through. And on the other side, you've got uh, a little engine that can in Congressman Lee Zeldin, who uh, still serves his country in uniform, has been an incredible congressman uh, for the state of New York, and is just working his fingers to the bone to tell every New York voter that he's going to do the things that everyone's been promising to do, but nobody's delivered on, like uh, get stuff done by way of criminal justice reform so that we can stop sending uh, criminals back out on the street the moment they get arrested. And someone who cares an awful lot about all of those issues are his running mate, uh, Allison Esposito, uh, who is a former NYPD herself, and uh, that is her legacy. Her father was NYPD Chief Michael Esposito, and Allison Esposito joins us uh, now for the next few minutes. Uh, Allison, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. Let's talk a little bit about, because I think people, if they live in the city, they understand. If they live in the outer boroughs, they may not. And if they live across the country, they certainly don't have the same recognition. But I was I was in the city just this last week a couple of times, Allison. And neighborhoods that I was, you know, very familiar with going to on a daily basis just a couple of years ago before COVID uh, felt very different to me. And in a lot of ways, I've got to think that that is just the experience of every New Yorker magnified times 10. Just how bad is the, uh, the street crime problem in New York State? So I hate to even have to answer that question because 25 years, almost 25 years of my life has been dedicated to making this city safe, to making the people of the city of New York safe so that they can run in Central Park, so that they can enjoy the the lights of Broadway, so that they can go travel to and from work safely, so their children could could, uh, be in the parks and on the swing sets and just enjoying the city. But right now, there is a different feel. You have uh, political officials that are trying to tell New Yorkers not to believe their own eyes not to believe that the feeling they have on the street is real. You walk out on the city streets right now, you see people in mental crisis. You have, we have a, a problem with mental illness. We have a problem with, the, with homeless people that are walking the streets in crisis, yelling, screaming, throwing things. They are randomly attacking people in some cases. Mm. You have crime that is running rampant through our streets and in our subways. Year to date, just major transit crimes are up more than 43%. Hmm. That's more than 500 extra victims for the year. If you look at the subway system in the last 28 days, the NYPD stats saw 182 major crimes. You know, that's more than six victims a day for major felonies. Wow. I have to think that New Yorkers are walking the streets or traveling to and from work and going, well, is today the day that I'm the victim? It's it's a horrible feeling for me to, to think that New Yorkers feel like that. Right. Well, especially with your years of service, and you saw some of the toughest parts of service. You you served in the Bronx, 
and you were also on the gang unit. And I'm just curious, since uh, bail reform has gone into place, uh, what types of changes have uh, the units like the gang unit seen in their day-to-day -day activities? So that's true. I was in the gang unit. I was a lieutenant in the gang unit. I was in the South Bronx. Uh, I was on the SWAT rescue team, ESU, uh, and I was a commander in multiple places in Brooklyn. Mm. And when I was a commander in Brooklyn, that's that's when you, you, you saw the, the bail reform take effect. And it was amazing, but it was immediate, the change that we saw. We saw them letting people out. And within days of January 1st of the 2020 bail reform, yeah. they were getting rearrested for robberies or shootings. And then seven days later, I had an individual that was shot himself after being arrested for robberies six days after getting released it was absolutely immediate that the, the the fact that we're not giving judges the ability to weigh dangerousness flight risk uh potential of reoffense, this is absolutely unacceptable now criminal justice reform needed to happen and the argument is if two people one rich one poor first-time offense, low-level, potentially property crime, maybe headed uh, uh, larceny. One shouldn't sit in jail and wait while the other one gets out on $100 bail simply because they can't afford it. But when you're talking about repeat violent offenders that have no business on our streets, bail reform, it, it went too far in New York State. We have to repeal cashless bail. Yeah. Well, it's it's so bad here, and I can't believe that other states and other cities are picking it up. Like sh Chicago and Illinois are going to implement it uh, this fall, and you're like, "What are you nuts? <laughs> Have you seen what's well, going on in New York?" Um, that doesn't shock me, given the state of leadership in Chicago. That's true, and let's talk about that. The quality of leadership, it, in my mind, Allison, means that you have to, you have to, on some level, be able to tell the voters the truth and what the what the actual situation is if they are to trust you. And it seems like the current group in Albany want to trick the voters of New York, not tell the voters of New York the truth. Am I off base there? No, sir, I don't think you are. And I don't think it's only the officials in Albany. You know, New Yorkers aren't stupid. We are we are quick witted. We are witty. Uh, we are we are just a fast paced group of individuals that are incredibly astute and can see what's going on. And they want us not to believe our eyes. Now you have even political officials uh, like a councilwoman Tiffany Caban that's telling people uh, in Queens that that the subway crime is a one in a million possibility, a one in a million possibility. Days prior, you saw a woman in her district stomped out by a vagrant man in yep. Queens yep. in uh, the subway station, and then days after that, we had that horrific murder of the FDNY lieutenant. You know, it, it, in her district, and she's actually handing out flyers to local uh, local residents and businesses, asking them to find some way else to deal with violent criminals or emotionally disturbed people other than calling the police. And she suggested that maybe they can distract them by spilling their soda or saying, um, didn't I go to school with you? Uh, that is well said. Uh, Alison Esposito, thanks for being here with Kevin McCullough. Come on back uh, between now and the Absolutely. election. Uh, Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't, don't go Thank away. You. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough.
Ladies and gentlemen, she's been favorably compared to Dolly Parton as kind of the next coming of that great star. She's the bell-bottom queen, the unapologetic, Lainey Wilson. sound of Lainey Wilson rounding out Radio Night Live. Kevin McCullough, we will see you next week.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.